Hello and welcome to the C3 Sunderland podcast. We are so glad that you're here. We're believing that you'll be filled with faith and encouraged by hope as you tune into this message today. Well, um, fantastic guys. Um, We're in a series right now, as we all know, called This Is My Story. We wanted to give over the time and space to think about the power of our testimonies, both in our own lives, in our church community and in the world around us. Um, And we've been kind of basing our thoughts around this from that key scripture in Acts chapter one, verse eight, where Jesus says, you will receive power when the spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I guess we're thinking about the power of being a witness for Jesus. And to highlight that, we're getting into some stories, which is awesome. So we're really excited to have you guys with us today. And our prayer is that all of us would be equipped and encouraged by what they have to share Um, So I think that's enough from me. I think we'll start getting into hearing from you guys. So I'm going to start with my, uh, yeah, this is a question I'm going to ask everyone every week. We would all love to know, how did you guys come to faith? Tell us your story of meeting Jesus. We'd love to hear it. I don't know who wants to go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I... I didn't really grow up, grow up in a Christian household. Um, my grandparents were Catholic. Um, my grandma was Christian. And my mum and dad had been brought up separately in church. Um, but they decided that then when they had me and my sister, that they weren't going to make us go to church every Sunday and they just let us, you know, grow up and then decide if we want to do that for ourselves and we can. Um so I always believed that God was real, but didn't believe that I could have a relationship with him or how or know how to do that. Um, until I was 16 and my grandma had asked me to come to church with her once, Friday night actually, um, because it had like a comedian on at her church, of all things. <laughs> um, so me and my sister went with her and... At the end of the night, someone had, you know, gotten up and gave like a short message in the hall. Oh, you know, raise your hand if you want to give your life to Jesus. And I did. And I was, I don't know what it was that like struck a chord with us. I just got very emotional. And at the time I was struggling a lot with my health and my mental health. Um, But it all of a sudden just felt like it all made sense. Yeah, amazing. And then a couple of weeks later, I was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah. How thankful are we for that? Yes. So good. Amazing. What about yourself, Caitlin? Um well my family, like there's no Christians at all. Um when I was seventeen I started coming to church, but it was because I'd been struggling a lot with my mental health as like a from the impact of my physical health. Um, So because I was struggling so much, um, my best friend at the time, she was coming to this church. We were at the place. (laughs) Um, She was coming to this church with her family. So they invited me to come along. um, And I was just like, well, I don't see why not. 
you know, I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> um, so I came along, um, came late, hid at the back. But um, I guess my, my first thought was like, like, how is this church? Because my thought of church was like very strict, like you stand in a pew. <laughs> um, that's always what, like my vision of what a church would be because we'd had like school trips and things in primary school um so when I walked into this church and there was like people dancing on the stage and like the young adults dancing in the congregation to worship and there was just like such a like big sense of joy in the room and I think that was the first time in so long that I'd like genuinely felt joy um so for a while that's why I kept coming like it wasn't for Jesus because I didn't really know Jesus it was for the feeling of joy and how like happy everyone was because I was like I want that but I didn't know that that was Jesus yeah yeah. and that was from God um and then I think a couple of months later, Bernie Kelsey was preaching and that's when, I can't remember what she was preaching about, <laughs> um, but that's when I made the decision to follow Jesus. Amazing. Wow, how powerful is that, isn't it? I know for myself, I come from a Christian background and it's almost so easy to take for granted or even get into the mindset of like, oh, people just don't want church. <laughs> like unless you've come from that background, people aren't interested or almost like that sense of invitation can feel like such a huge deal. But what I love about your guys' stories is it reminds us that our invitation is significant. Um, Like our invitation has the power to bring people out of darkness into light. Our invitation has the power to change the course of someone's life, like quite literally. And also the the atmosphere that we create together when we gather has the power to change people's lives as well. So powerful and so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us, guys. Praise God that you're here today. And we're so, so thankful that you're a part of our family. Um, So I guess I want to ask, having come from non-Christian backgrounds, having perhaps not grown up with some of the traditions and just some of the things that if someone has grown up in a Christian home, they maybe take for granted. What has been the significance of hearing other people's stories and testimonies um, in your own walk of faith, would you say? Um, for, I mean, I love hearing everybody's stories. Um, but the when I first started coming to church, I'd only been there a few weeks. And Caitlin was sharing her story one Sunday. And it was so similar to the situation that I was going through. I was just like, wow. I was like, she's like me. (laughs) And I felt like that. I felt like that was God saying, like, I'm I'm working in her life. I can work in yours. Like, I'm showing you that this this is going to happen. You know, you're not alone you're not the only person going through this. Um, so that was really 
really comforting to me to hear. <laughs> Amazing. What about yourself, Caitlin? Um, I think hearing other people's stories has helped me realise like how significant they can be in other people's lives and like how sharing your story, whether it's finished or not, can have such a big impact on someone's life because obviously when I was sharing my story, when Rachel heard it, it wasn't a finished story. But to hear how much it helped her and helped her realise that God can still work um, in you even when you feel like there's no way out. Like, it doesn't matter whether your story's finished or not. Like, you still need to share it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so powerful. Amazing. I love that so much. Well, part of the reason I've invited you guys to speak together, I know you're great friends. (laughs) 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 But... um, from knowing you both, I, I know, and I know many of us in the room know that a huge part of your walk of faith has been learning to follow Jesus whilst um, having ongoing chronic health conditions. Um, and I guess I want to spend the rest of our time today kind of talking about that journey of what it's like to follow Jesus in faith for healing Um but how to hold that whilst you're still waiting for that to come about. Um, But I guess it would be helpful for us all in the room um, if you could just fill us in on a little bit about the conditions that you have and I guess what that means for your day-to-day life. Again, I don't know who wants to go first. Um, So I have hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, EDS, um, and I just got my diagnosis that this year after waiting and fighting and going for tests for 10 years um and so part of that is it basically it's a connective tissue disorder um so nothing in my body works the way it's supposed to um I get like joint subluxations dislocations um muscle spasms chronic pain dizziness nausea presyncope all all sorts like every symptom possible like chronic migraines chronic pain um so dealing with all of that is a lot it's like some days I can't walk some days I can walk or if I do something one day like come to church on this Sunday tomorrow I might be stuck in bed or I might not be able to see because my migraine's so bad. Um, so, yeah, it's just all of that. I'm being tested for other conditions as well, but still waiting for that. Um, but the main struggle has always been chronic pain for the past 10 years now. Yeah. 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 What about yourself, Kate? Um, so, my first diagnosis was 12 years ago, and that was ME. Uh, it's also known as chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, along with that, I got diagnosed with joint hypermobility syndrome. But in more recent years, 
that's been suspected to have turned into hypermobile Ellis Danlos syndrome. <laughs> um, um, I also have chronic migraines, um, POTS, um, and IBS. Um, so day to day, it can like be very different. Um, like every day is a huge struggle, but depending on whether it's like a flare up or not, um, some days there's like no chance of getting out of bed. Um, some days even lifting my head off a pillow is like the most effort you could ever think of. Um, it's it's a hard thing as well because when you've lived with something for so long, it becomes your normal. So trying to describe it, yeah. it can be really tricky. Yeah. Because like as hard as it is, you almost get used to it. Mm -hmm. Which sounds weird because it's like it has such a big impact on your life. But you do kind of get used to it in a weird way, which isn't to say that it's easy. Um, You've just got to deal with it. Yeah, like you have no choice but to deal with it. But like, we can't work. Um, like, because we know we come to church on a Sunday, we have to do nothing like a few days before. Yeah. Um, so, Everything takes so much more planning yeah. than it would if we were, like, fully healthy. Yeah. Like, we've got to take into consideration, it's like, if I do this today, then I can't do that tonight. Mm -hmm. Or if I've got this planned for tomorrow, so I can't go anywhere today, I need to rest. Yeah. And, or, like, I've got a hospital appointment on Tuesday, yeah. I can't do anything on Monday. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, but I'm even just... sometimes, like, the medication that we're on, oh, I can't. I need this medication because I'm in so much pain, but I'm at church in the morning. I can't take this medication tonight. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to function at all tomorrow because like, brain fog is a big thing for us that yeah. we struggle with, but medications can make that worse yeah. because obviously every, all the medications that we want to help us help in some ways, but then make us worse in other ways. Yeah. And we've just got to like balance out what's worth it or not. Mm -hmm. It's a lot, hey? Yeah, wow. Thanks for sharing that with us, guys. Um, how would you say then that following Jesus helps you in that very challenging, very varied, very unpredictable day-to-day -day experience? Like what difference has following Jesus made in, in that situation? I think a big, the biggest thing for us both is just like the sense of peace and comfort and in knowing that it's not for nothing. Yeah. Because until we did meet Jesus, that we we were just, like, we did not see the point in... It's like there wasn't a purpose. Yeah, it's like, well, if we're not going to be able to do this, we can't do this, so what are we here for? Yeah. And even though, like, now we can't, we still can't see that. Mm -hmm. We don't know what God's plan is, but it's the comfort of knowing that, hang on, no, Jesus does... He does work in us every day still, even yeah. even though we're not physically healthy, 
he can still use us yeah. and there's, there's still a plan for us. Yeah. I think as well, it's like like me, myself and other people I know that aren't Christians. Since I've become a Christian, they can see that joy in me that I saw when I walked in to church for the first time. Sure. Yeah. And they don't understand how I have that when I've got so much going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I know that's because that's God working in me. Yeah, that's yeah. because I have Jesus. But they don't understand that. Yeah. They're like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> but I'm like, no, that's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> God uses the foolish things of the world. Shame the wise. Yeah. Yeah. Not say you're foolish. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so powerful. And um, I guess like what a... Um, yeah, what are some of the... How do you guys follow Jesus? Like you're saying... Some days it's hard to even lift your head off the pillow. Like, for you guys, what does following Jesus look like? Like, tell us a bit, little bit about that. Um, having each other is a big thing. Yeah. To keep us... Same. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, like, keep reminding each other when Jesus is still there. Like, if when one of us is in so much pain or have has no energy to even pray. It's like, okay, well, I've got you. Yeah. I'll do the praying for us today. Mm -hmm. um, we try to, like, meet up when we can to do Bible study or we'll have a prayer together. Yeah. Um, but then on the days we can't, we can do it over FaceTime. Um, but, yes, it's just a lot of reminding each other yeah. and kind of like talking each other down off of cliffs sometimes yeah because yeah. obviously we know that like God's got God, God's got his plan for us mm -hmm. um there is a reason for all of this but when you're in a flare-up especially we can like get very worked up and struggle to actually see God in it yeah um and that's where it helps having someone who, like, fully understands. Um, yeah. Because obviously other people try their best to understand, but unless you've actually experienced something similar or the same thing, like, you can't understand. So having someone who does go through the same thing, like, it really, really helps. And like I think that's where you can tell that God has brought us together for that reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So having each other to mm -hmm. like send a relevant worship song or like yeah. a Bible verse. And like even if we don't know like that we're having a bad moment or a bad day, somehow we'll know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll get a Bible verse from Rachel and like did you know <laughs> yeah I love that so much I love the that scripture in Psalms where it says God sets the lonely in families and I just think of all the churches and all the cities in all the world how amazing that um God stitched it together that you guys have that mm -hmm. and like that like our heart 
as a church is that we would be a safe space. We would be a place where we're creating um, room for people to get to know each other, for people to find that strength in community, for people to find that depth, for people to find that growth, for people to find that life. And, you know, we're not here to manufacture anything, but how beautiful that the Spirit of God um, has brought you, to, you guys together for such a time as this. I think that's so powerful. And that's what we're believing to see more and more and more of. And that's the power of sharing stories. That's the power of walking the journey with one another. That's the power of getting into a group, getting around the table, getting alongside one another, because we're all walking through different challenges. And we're all within this room. I can guarantee that someone will have walked through an experience that might not be exactly the same, but would have the power to minister into that. And so I think that's so beautiful. Um, what I want to like kind of take us to now is, so there's a very obvious tension in the Christian faith of we believe that Jesus can heal. We believe that one day Jesus will return Every tear will be wiped away. Every wrong will be made right. We will have fantastically restored, amazing bodies. Some of you are already like, yeah, yeah, I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this obvious tension that we're living in right now, that while we know that Jesus is able to heal, while we've prayed on many occasions, and I know you guys pray on a daily, hourly basis, we've prayed for healing. But there's that, that prayer hasn't been answered yet. There's that tension between the experience right now and the not yet. And I think we all have those kind of tensions. It might not necessarily be for healing, but we all have things in our life that, God, we know this is what you promised. But right now we're in a not yet moment. Um, how do you, like, talk to us about your experience of that tension, of knowing and like reading the gospels, seeing Jesus can heal, Jesus can spit on the dirt, like mix up a paste, shove it on someone's eyes and they can see again. Jesus can speak and someone's raised back to life. Jesus, someone can touch the hem of Jesus's garment and they're healed of a condition that they've had for 12 years. How do you guys navigate faith for that alongside the day-to-day -day experience of waiting for that promise to be fulfilled? Like, it can be really hard, mm. especially when we do have our worst days. Mm -hmm. um, I say worst days because we don't necessarily say good days, bad days. It's like bad days, worst days. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. But... Like we said, like having each other has been like a huge help. And I think reminding ourselves to not just like stick with each other, but branch out to other people as well, which I think I know I struggle with. I know you do as well, which is why I'm speaking for you. Um, but like, not just like keeping it in. And when you have moments like where you're angry at God for like 
not healing, but like asking other people to pray. Yeah. Because like I know when I'm having a bad day, like I'll let you know and you're like, Oh let me know if you need anything but I'm never like, Oh, can you pray for me please? <laughs> like but I know that I need to get better at that because I know that it'll help. Yeah. Um yeah. but um it is like just reminding yourself that that at the end of the day there is going to be a reason yeah like because like we have these conversations all the time don't we where we like start yeah, we start week. really annoyed and we're like oh god why like look at all the times jesus has healed these people like he did it like that and then we're here 10 yeah. 12 years later but then by the end of the conversation we're like oh god like you're so amazing yeah <laughs> like we'll we'll have our bit rant yeah and we talk ourselves down and, uh-huh. and then we like see it a bit more clearly. Yeah. Um and then we end up like really excited yeah. by what like, oh what could he be doing? Yeah. So it's, I feel like we've for so long we've been in a place of like just hate, having so much hate for everything that we go through, like being so just angry at life. Mm-hmm. Like why? And our like our bodies as well. Uh-huh really angry at our bodies it's like rather than appreciating what they can do yeah so we do I feel like we do sometimes we because we're so comfortable with each other Mm -hmm. and because we understand it so well it's very easy for us to just stick in our own little bubble yeah um, because then we don't have to worry about any kind of judgment or having to explain ourselves mm. to anybody else that can't understand that. Yeah. So we do try and remind each other to be like, okay, it's, we can branch out. Like, if we, if I know that you're having a bad day, mm. like I know there's been times where I've been on the phone to somebody and be like, okay, oh, can you pray for Caitlin while yeah. while we're doing this? Um, and can you pray for me as well while I'm at it? And that like makes me feel a bit more comfortable branching out to somebody else asking for prayer if I'm asking for prayer for somebody else first. And I don't know why. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah. we are getting better at it. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like now we're in more of a place of like excitement to see yeah. what God's gonna do next. Yeah. yeah. What and he's I gonna do I'm, with this. As well, we both have at this point fully accepted that we might not get mm-hmm. healed until we go to heaven yeah. and I think as soon as we did that mm. it brought a lot of peace to us wow like obviously you still get those moments when you look like when we are really really bad mm. but after we did that mm. this kind of just this like level of peace Mm, that mm. even when you are in that you kind of never really lose wow yeah Mm -hmm. it reminds me of um in the book of daniel when the king is about to send shadrach meshach and abednego into the fire for refusing to bow down and worship (laughs) him as god they say we'll only worship god Mm. 
and they make this declaration. They say, we fully believe that the God we worship is able to save us from the fire. But even if he doesn't, um, we will not bow down and worship you, King Nebuchadnezzar. It's that even if he doesn't faith that I think, gosh, that is so powerful and such a testimony to the goodness of God. The fact that even carrying the burdens that you carry, you stand and say, we fully believe that God can heal us. But even if he doesn't, we're still going to stand and worship him. We're still going to lift him up. We're still going to glorify him through our lives. We're still going to glorify him through our decision making. We're still going to glorify him in encouraging one another to keep our hearts before him. I think that is so powerful and it's encouraging for us because I think that often we can have um, like a thought of that. I need to wait until the story is resolved before I can tell it. Like I need to wait until I've seen the miracle. I need to wait until I've seen the answer to prayer. I need to wait until it's come through. Wow, we're having a lot of technical <laughs> craziness today. Um, but the power of standing firm is so important. I'll go and have a look at that. But before you guys talk to me, what does living in the tension teach you about who God is? What does living in the tension of the now and not yet teach you about the nature of God? We constantly remind ourselves that and each other that, you know, God's plan is perfect which is sometimes easy to lose sight of when we get very desperate for it. Um, but he's still a faithful God and he still cares. Like, it's, sometimes it's very easy to think, like, do you, God, do you not just, do you just not care that I'm in, th- in this pain every day? When we are in those flare-ups, it's very easy to think that. Um, but it's like, no, he is a faithful God. Mm. He does care. He sees us. Um, and we actually talked a few weeks ago about the fact that just because we are, you know, sometimes we feel broken when just because we are technically disabled, yeah. we that doesn't mean that God can't use us, yeah, and that doesn't mean that He doesn't have other plans for us, even if we aren't going to be healed until we get to heaven, yeah. even if that's how it is. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we can't still have the things that we want, like families and being able to do all of these things that we're constantly talking about. We can, that could still be in God's plan for us, even if we're just in pain while we're doing it. Yeah. And we're like, okay, we'll just deal with it. If that's if that's what we have to, yeah. if that's his plan for us, then it's it's going to be good anyway. Um, but we also spoke, what was it, Luke? That's popped in my head again now. Oh, so yeah. the scripture. I didn't That's... give the scripture to you. Um, <laughs> but I think it's in Luke when, it, when Jesus says to Simon, uh, Simon, Satan has asked for you, but I have prayed for you, which is really comforting for us. Mm-hmm. Because even on those days when we don't feel confident enough to be asking people for prayer, when we feel like we're a burden to people, mm-hmm. Jesus is praying for us as well. Yeah. Like when we can't pray for ourselves. Yeah. Or we can't ask because we can't pick up our phones. <laughs> or we just yeah. don't want to ask. Sure. 
like Jesus still has us, even if we don't feel like he does, like he's still got us. Yeah. Um, and I had a scripture, Psalm 73, 26. Um, my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Um, and I came across that yesterday when I was reading my Bible because I couldn't keep my eyes open. <laughs> um, and I was like, wow. Um, like, it's just so true because, like, our health is failing. And a lot of the time, like, our spirit for God does grow weak. Yeah. Like, when we're really struggling. But even in that, mm. like, God is our strength. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I could literally find a more fitting scripture for mm. our situation. Mm. Um, yeah. So coming across that, I was like, that's literally God. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Amazing. And I love that you share that because I think faith, ultimately, it's about trusting in who God is, no matter what we face. Yeah. And um, I think sometimes we can expect when we say yes to Jesus that life, we're like, woohoo, we're saying bye to all our problems. But actually, that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. Mm -hmm. And just as I was thinking about you guys and preparing for today, I was reading this scripture in it's Galatians 6, verse 2. It says, carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And I was just so struck by the fact that the, the, the reason Paul writes that is because everyone's got burdens to bear. Like Paul's not saying, oh, for people whose faith isn't strong enough, which means they've got burdens, maybe tag them along with you. It's saying, no, everyone's got burdens and we're here to carry them for each other. Mm -hmm and carry them alongside each other. And I love that no matter what we face in life, God gives us the power of his Holy Spirit, as you say, to be the strength. He's the strength of our heart. And also he sets us in community to have that dynamic where we know we have got people and we're mutually carrying one another's burdens. Like I know that there's burdens that you guys bear for other people. Um, I know that there's people who are bearing your burdens alongside you. And I just think the picture the Bible paints is so opposite to the world, which is telling us you've got to find a way on your own. You've got to fight. You've got to, like, only advocate for yourself. You've got to fight for what you need. You've got to stand for what you want. Whereas, actually, the picture that we have in Christ is that we're so interdependent, interconnected, and that what that means is that we belong to a family of people who we stand and we will bear one another's burdens. And what I love about your guys' stories is, is that it's like that rally call for us, that reminder for us all that we're here for one another. We're here to carry one another in prayer. We're here to practically help one another. We're here to hold each other in love. We're here to hold each other in family, like... We're here to think, how can we have fun together to bring that joy, to bring that life 
which I just think is so powerful and so beautiful. Um, so one of the things that I do love the most about you guys, despite the challenges that you face and despite life often being unpredictable, is that you are just so clearly faithful in loving Jesus and serving him. I know you've already mentioned there's that like deliberate intentionality in your life where it's like, right, if I want to be present at church on Sunday, I need to think about not doing anything on a Saturday. I need to think about how X is going to impact Y in the week. Um, and I just wanted to take a moment to honour you guys for that. Like, I love that the way that you weave your lives, it's all centred around Jesus. And if there's anyone in the room who could have a reason to say, actually, I'm just going to stay in bed today. <laughs> that you guys is like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I know what the burdens that I'm carrying, but I'm going to structure my life around being present to the presence of God and to the people of God. And I think that's so powerful. And I think what it reminds us all is that we've all got a story to tell. Um, and it's so important that we share our stories because it's in sharing our stories that we learn how to carry one another's burdens. Um, but what I love about your guys' story is that while the big story of your life might feel like it's waiting to be written, like we're standing in faith for healing, aren't we? As a church community, we're standing in faith for healing for these guys. Um, but I love the fact that you've got the confidence, the faith, the assurance to share your story in the middle. I just, this is the final question I want to ask you guys. What would you say to people who perhaps feel like they don't have a story to tell yet? Or they're maybe waiting in that waiting season for an answer to prayer. What would you say to encourage them, to remind them that they have a story to tell? I think sometimes it's very difficult difficult to see, see how your story can help people, especially when it's not finished. Yeah. Like you sharing that story that Sunday that I'd heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're in it you can think well nothing's happened yeah so how like you don't how can... feel like you have a story yeah yeah um which we don't really we yeah. were talking about it we didn't think we have much of a story because it's not finished but god's gonna use every experience <laughs> to help anybody he wants to yeah he's gonna use us in any way that he wants to um which for a long time, Romans 8, 28 was being like a constant reminder for me, like written and wrote next to the side of my bed as a reminder that even though I can't see a way out, um, that God's still going to use, he's going to work all of this together for his good. So then ultimately my good. Um, but also he's going to use it to help other people. I think as well, like, a story doesn't necessarily have to be something big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be some, like, huge, like, healing or some, like, big miracle. Yeah. Um, like, it can be how you became a Christian. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. 
Mm. Or it could be like God helped me find something in the supermarket. Like yeah, yeah. And I think you you'll never know the significance your story can have or the impact it can have on someone's life until you share it. Yeah. And I think there's always going to be at least one person that it will have an impact on. Yeah. So, like, just keep sharing. Beautiful. Yeah, so powerful. What I want to say is... Being vulnerable takes a lot. And I want to honour you guys for sharing what you've shared today because I know it's it's opening up your life. It's opening up the soft parts of your life that's challenging. But it's in choosing vulnerability amongst ourselves as a community that actually makes room for us to stand with one another. And what I want to say is that we're standing with you guys. We absolutely believe that Jesus is a healer. We absolutely believe that he is able to make all things right. But in the middle, while we're believing and declaring for that, our heart in hearing your stories today is that it would open up the horizons of all of our lives to know that we really need each other. Like, these guys really need us to stand with and for them. You guys need to know that you're not standing alone in what you're walking through, and I know you know that. But all across this room, our heart is that you would know that what you're walking through, you're not standing alone. And it might be something that just seems so insignificant in, in comparison. Now, let's not play comparisons. What you're walking through is valid. What you're going through is real. And the Spirit of God has the power to be at work in that situation. Mm-hmm. And the community of the body of Christ has the authority and the positioning to be standing alongside you in whatever you're walking through. And just what I really sense like God wants to do today is that he just wants to, I guess, break down some barriers, break down some walls, break down some fences. Um, I know for me, we were sharing about this at some point in the last week. Like, it can be very easy to be transparent. Like, I'm a very, like, TMI person, you know, too much information about my life. But there is a difference between... Just being, well, here's everything on the table and actually being vulnerable about stuff. And our heart and our desire is to create a safe space for those vulnerabilities to be brought to the surface because we fully believe that it's in the presence of God and in community with one another that those vulnerabilities can be ministered to. What I want to do to finish is in a minute, I'd love us as a church community to pray for these guys. I'd love as well, if if there's anyone else in the room that needs healing or you know someone who needs healing, we want to pray for those people as well. But I wonder if before we do that, 
if you guys would mind praying over us as a church for... Well, I'd like two things, actually. I'd like two things for myself. <laughs> I'd love for you to pray for us for that sense of peace that you guys experience to be ministered into people's situations today. And I'd also just love you guys to pray for... Well, pray for whatever you feel led to pray, pray for, but a fresh urgency and desire for praying for healing. Like I think of um, the four friends that carried the paralyzed man to Jesus and they literally dug through someone's roof to get their friends to the feet of Jesus. And I'm so challenged by that because that's the urgency that I want to have when I'm lifting other people up in prayer. That's the desire that I want to have when I'm interceding on behalf of other people. Um, so, yeah, I wonder if you guys would pray for us and pray us as you feel led. But take it away. Lord, we thank you for this incredible family that we have in our church and that you've brought us all together for such a time as this. We're all so excited to see what you will do in our family next. And we're standing firm and expectant, believing that you are working, God, that you are performing miracles as we speak. God, we ask for the gift of healing in this place, that through us, you may bring comfort and complete restoration to those who are suffering. Use us as instruments of your compassion and mercy so that others may experience your strength, love and power in their suffering. We can't wait to hear so many more incredible testimonies of faith that will show your glory even more. God, we lift up everyone in this room that is still waiting for an answer to prayer, God, and we ask that you will comfort them in the waiting. Lord, give them a peace that surpasses all understanding. Cover them with your grace and remind them that your timing is perfect and that there is nothing that can stand in the way of your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you'd like to know more, visit our website at c3sunderland.church or follow us on Instagram at c3sunderland. We'll see you next time.